good evening and welcome to episode 3 of Arrow, chapter and verse. This time we're talking about Arrow, season 4, episode 20, Genesis. Now, I said on episode 2 that Arrow is my least favorite of the CW Arrowverse shows that I'm currently watching. Uh, obviously, I haven't gotten to Black Lightning or to Batwoman yet, so, um, yeah. Uh, Arrow just seems turgid. Um, the, one of the issues is flashbacks, like the constant flashbacks to Lian Yu. That was a great plot device in season one. Um, it was not a bad plot device in season two. Uh, by the time we get to season three, it's a little, yeah, it's, it's a little overdone, and it's also like, what it means is that every season, Oliver is almost literally facing the same things that he was facing back on the island or in Hong Kong under the direction of Amanda Waller or or what have you. I will say, of course, that the flashbacks for season three were a little bit like, oh, really? Is that, uh, is that what happened? Is that believable? What not? Anyway... So, like, whatever the flashback it is, it has some direct bearing on what what's happening to Oliver present time, and it, it's it's a bit of a stretch, all things considered. Uh, I will also say that uh, what's his name, writer, uh, the um, the the current villain for season f uh, flashback villain for season four, is just uh, the guy who plays him. I, I think appears to be uh, appears to have been directed to play him on one note. Uh, and that's just um, crazy. So that's that's not not it's, it's not terribly interesting. Um, it, it's also just that uh, it gets dragged out too long. Like they use the flashback too much to pad out too many episodes, and the story arc on Lian Yu seems like it could have been finished by this point in the season, but it's it's not. It just keeps going and going and going much like the present-day story arc in Arrow. Uh, I've said before that um, I just want to slap Damien Dark, and I really do. Um, he's a little overpowered. I mean, they did give him a weakness, but he's a little overpowered for what's usually going on on Arrow. And irritatingly, um, they brought Vixen in, and in that episode, they destroyed the source of most of his power, and then for some reason, Team Arrow reassembled the, the little statue and kept it in their lair. So Malcolm Merlin, who's upset with Oliver because he's no longer Ra's al Ghul and lost a hand, or Ra's al Ghul, they pronounce it both ways on this show, um, and lost a hand, uh, threw in with uh, Damien Dark, because that's what Malcolm Merlin does, and... Uh, rescued the idol for him. And uh, there wasn't even anything about uh, throw me an idol, I'll throw you a whip. That was uh, that was a little disappointing. Another thing that was disappointing is that in this episode, Oliver gets a uh, basically five-minute tutorial in uh, how to defend yourself against black magic, and there was a Harry Potter joke, but nobody made a joke about a defense against the dark arts, which I thought was low-hanging fruit but uh, apparently the writers of the Arrowverse did not. Um, they did, they did, well, 
this episode is called Genesis. Genesis refers to Hive's plan to basically destroy the world and start over, um, rebuilding it, of course, in their image. And, and, and then, like, two, three times in the last five minutes, they were like, okay, so in Genesis, God destroyed the world with a flood. This is Dark's flood. I'm like, well... Yeah, okay, except what you could have said was that, and the rainbow means that God would never destroy the world by water again, so this is by fire, which would have been just as cheesy, but less boring than referring to a nuclear holocaust as Dark's Flood, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So there are three plot lines uh, in this show. Um, Oliver and Felicity go looking for someone to teach them how to deal with magic, um... John Diggle is, again, playing out the he ain't evil, he's my brother storyline with his brother Andy that's been going on this whole season. And uh, Thea goes on vacation with her new boyfriend, Alex, who was Oliver's campaign manager, but when Oliver quit, went over to <laughs> the dark side uh, to work for Ruve Dark, Nay Adams, Damien Dark's wife, who is also running for mayor. That's right. Oliver Queen ran for mayor in this season. Um, he uh, had to drop out because Damien was holding his son William hostage, uh, but I believe Oliver Queen did uh, run and for mayor of Star City in the comics, and I think he actually won in the comics. Um, okay, so I, I'm not sure exactly how politics works, but I'm pretty sure if you're campaign manager for the one campaign... You, you don't suddenly go over and be campaign manager for the sole remaining campaign in the city, but whatever the hell. Anyway, so I've been thinking for a while that Alex might have been a plot or a plant, but in Thea's storyline, she in fact discovers that Alex has been taking them old hive pills, and he's nice and suggestible. Now, she ends up in what looks like a nicer version of uh, the island from uh, The Prisoner, it uh, turns out to be that that is the, the, if the nuclear holocaust is Dark's Flood, then she is being held in Dark's Ark, which looks like suburban America with cornfields, but is in fact like a, the inside of a big metal building, right? I mean, so that's the storyline. It's basically her discovering that um, her boyfriend's been taken, uh, drink of the Kool-Aid, and that um, she is now a prisoner of Hive, which is, of course, you know, like the second time she's been a prisoner of Hive, and it's, yeah. So uh, that's hers. Um, Oliver and Felicity. Uh, John Constantine gets name-dropped. He was a guest star on an earlier episode, but he gets name-dropped here, and they're told to go to a casino and look for someone who can help them. That someone turns out to be Ezra Fortune, who I don't think has a direct counterpart in the comics. Uh, she could be a couple of things. She could be Madame Xanadu. Um, she maybe, at a stretch, could be Zatanna. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, she's hanging out, playing blackjack. Felicity offers her some chips. That seems to be her cue. And she takes them to, I mean, instantly just to this sort of mental space uh, where there's another one of those funky idols. And she proceeds to tell Oliver that the way to repel black magic 
is to be pure of heart. Um, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's essentially you must use the light inside you to repel the dark magic. Problem is, if you've got more dark inside you than light, then the magic feeds on it and becomes stronger. And as we all know, Oliver has a troubled past. So during the brief Jedi training session, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, during the brief magic training session, um, he succeeds once and then he fails. And that's pretty much it. I mean, that is, that is literally Oliver's storyline right there. John finds his brother, who we have found out has been a double agent for Dark, or a triple agent for Dark this whole time. Uh, last, no, two episodes ago, we found that out. Uh, John tracks his brother down, chases him without backup, ends up getting caught and tortured, gets out, I think kills a couple of Hive dudes, leaves Andy chained up because he can't kill him, and we find out that this whole thing has been an effort to uh, put a tracker on John so they can go find Lila, his wife, who's the current head of Argus, who is traveling around in a reinforced semi um, because that's what Argus has decided to make its headquarters. Well, no, that's not true. That's where Argus has decided to put her in this in this reinforced traveling room so that she's in less danger from whatnot. So, of course, he goes back to her. They track him. There's this... There's a fight. Uh, Damien Dark himself shows up, and he removes something from her wrist, and then right after that, Oliver shows up, shoots him with an arrow, punches him a couple of times. Uh, Damien tries to do the draining of life force bit. It doesn't work because Oliver realizes that he is, in fact, pure of heart. They're sort of violently thrown apart by this. Damien teleports off somewhere, and um, that's, that's that. I should say that, uh, well, uh, John is involved in chasing his brother and fighting off some goons and there's too many and Felicity shows up in a van and slams into a couple of them and uh, that's that's kind of cool. A couple of things I, I will say to, to duck back to this fight, uh, when Lila realizes what's going on, she tells John to leave because she is not going to hold out if they threaten to torture him or their baby girl Sarah. So he uh, sort of slings her in this little baby backpack kind of thing jumps on a motorcycle, and as soon as they open the doors of the um, uh, the the room, the semi's hauling around, <clears throat> he motorcycle jumps out and drives away, and in the very next scene, we see that whatever vehicle that, uh, that Andy was driving, which is a military vehicle, has a gun on it, not a tank, but a car, or, or, I mean, I'm not sure what to call it, uh, and the motorcycle hive guys are right behind John, except that everybody was so shocked by that, or taken aback, that he had quite a while, I mean, like, not minutes, but he definitely had several seconds to get on his motorcycle when no one was chasing him, so he's literally streets ahead at this point, but somehow they find him, and then, of course, Felicity runs into people with her van, and that's it, and there's a dramatic scene where 
John, there's a lot of John beating up on Andy and pointing the gun at him and then holstering the gun and beating up on him some more and then pointing the gun at him. And Andy, like, basically taunts him. You know, it's like you can shoot to save Afghanis, but you can't pull the trigger to save your wife and child. And, uh, and then they both reached for the gun. And, or at least that's what John says later. And he shoots Andy and he kills his brother because that's where this had to end. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. But again, it seems like the kind of thing that uh, could have happened a confrontation or two ago, perhaps. I don't know. Um, and then there's the, the wrap-up where they're talking about, you know, they're talking about what happened. And nobody's heard from Thea, of course, because we find out while they are talking that she's in this arc. And uh, Oliver reveals that he was able to find the goodness in his heart by thinking of Felicity. Uh, and that happens. And then um, John tells Lila that he ended up having to kill his brother quick word about Lila. Now, they did this more blatantly in The Flash, like in, I want to say, like episode one or two of The Flash, when we get the first hint that Professor Harrison Wells is actually Eobard Thawne, um, there's a hologram of a newspaper from 2024, I think, uh, it's 2024 or 2026, not terribly important, but it's one of those two, where it says Flash disappears during crisis, which is a big reference to crisis on infinite earths. And I, I have to say, I think it is rather bold of the producers and writers of the Arrowverse to go ahead and seed that, um, you know, not knowing whether they're going to make it that long or whether they're going to have something that's like worth calling a crisis, right? The whole thing about crisis on infinite earths is that it had infinite earths and a ton of heroes showed up in it. And are they going to have enough shows that last long enough to pull a ton of heroes? Spoiler, they actually do. It's not bad um, in terms of, like, the complexity and number of shows they have to weave in. I've seen the first three episodes of Crisis. It's, well, like the rest of the, the Arrowverse, it's trash TV but enjoyable. Um, going back to Arrow, Lila Michaels is the name of Harbinger, who is a character who is important to the Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline and then not important ever again, basically. Sorry about that, uh, Harbinger. You deserve better. Um, but Lila Michaels shows up in Arrow in season one or two, so well before they actually had any other shows, um, which is, again, like, great little Easter egg to drop, but at the time you dropped it, really seemed like it was just an Easter egg, and then the Flash thing happened, and we saw the newspaper, and I think in season three of Arrow, Lila might get called Harbinger. Perhaps that happens before, I'm not sure. But anyway, just, um, just again, really, really ballsy in a good way. Not like having two speedsters be the villain in two consecutive seasons of Flash, but uh, really ballsy that you went ahead and put that in there. Good job, folks. Okay, so uh, we are once again at the end of another episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, have a great day.